Yeah, maybe. It's the worst one. Mm. It's up there. What we're going with. Hated that. It's the best one. What? I never know what to say, but I didn't know what. I. That's. That was. I guess it was beautiful. Hey. Hey. (laughs) I don't know what I've been doing on those singular pods. Those are like uh, pure gold. So I haven't listened to any of those because I. Because like, you asshole. No, no, no. Jesse told me how awful they are, and I I thought they were. I liked them. I like them. I thought thought Jesse did great. Jesse, what about the ones you had to delete because they were so bad? Yeah, it wasn't get posted. (laughs) And then I sent a clip of the one where I I was talking to myself in the middle of it, like, "Eh, I don't know if I'm gonna post this shit. Yeah. (laughs) But then I kept talking for another 20 minutes after that, and then I was just like, "Yep, nope, that whole thing's getting fucking scrapped." All right. Anyway, hey, did you guys uh, did you guys know whenever uh, Kyle Pitts jumps in the water, the water gets Kyle Pitts. He doesn't get wet. I'm not gonna acknowledge you anymore. Just was that was that a was it, were those words that were just said here? They don't have to be. Did you know when Kyle Pitts does push-ups, the world actually goes up and down, and he just stays in the same spot. The the problem is I like Kyle Pitts is really good and I really like him, but Dots is really ruining that for me. <laughs> oh, so that that pod those guys are fucking crazy. They're like Dude, that's saying, not crazy like, at all. Oh, Kyle, no, Pitts not, Kyle, Kyle Pitts is a better prospect than Jamar Chase, so therefore he should go one hundred and one. Not crazy at all. Yes, and they're like that's if true if you knew Travis Kelsey was going to become Travis Kelsey, you would have drafted him one hundred and one. Yes, like all right, well, I hate it. I hate everything about it. I know you do, but sometimes you have to acknowledge that there are exceptions. And it's tough to bet on an exception, but like they're from a from a scouting standpoint, there's nothing. Nothing. You can I'll out. take Kyle Pitts right now over George Kittle. So would I. But I stand by what I said. You wouldn't trade one on one for George Kittle. Yeah, because he's hurt all the time. Yeah, he- for Kyle Pitts though. All I'm saying is, like, you, you can't tra- – you want – like I said in the group chat, you can't trade Kyle Pitts for a top-10 running back, even if he becomes the best tight end in football. Point being, I would take – but that's that's more about how our league values players than, than anything else. I would take Jamar Chase 101. I would, take, I, would I would take Jamar Chase 101, but Kyle Pitts would be a close 102. And I don't think I have an issue if someone takes him 102. Or 101, excuse me. Anywho. Uh, so, throughout the week, we got – I asked around the league for just people send rankings of all the teams in and we kind of got a consensus ranking. And this is kind of based on uh, what we're going to assume teams look like post-draft, because if you look at like the expansion teams right now, they suck. They're going to suck after the draft, but they'll suck less. So uh, starting at the bottom, both teams, we asked five people, both teams were consensus, two bottom teams. Take a guess who. Who, hold on. Who were the five people? We des- the, the listeners deserve to know that it was me, you, Dots, and two other people. Buttons <laughs> and Q. Thanks to the seven of you who refused to answer. I didn't ask anybody else. <laughs> oh, come on. What? Yeah. Is this a consensus then? You just asked me like yeah. 10 minutes ago, and I threw it together super fast. Jesse sent me this a week. Without any thought. And had me put it together. All right. Let's go through <laughs> these. 
bottom team, consensus, everybody ranked them 12, the Mississippi Meat Hooks. They're going to have a first-round pick, but after that, they don't have a pick to the third, so they're not going to really have much to work with other than what they're kind of currently working with now. So they'll have to, I guess, kill it in free agency or maybe even the post-cuts draft that they'll have. But, yeah, Meat Hooks, number 12. Don't make me talk. I'm eating grilled cheese. And number 11, Long Cox Orb Plant. Also consensus, everybody put him number 11. They're, they're expansion teams. They suck. They're supposed to suck. Except Cheechum has the rights to Kyle Pitts. So I might move him up. There it is. That's why he's <laughs> 11. Number 10. Three out of the five teams ranking this person here. The Rectum Raiders going from winning a championship down to number 10. I think that yeah, his highest ranking was number 8 by Josh and number 9 by Buttons. But uh, the other three ranked him at 10. Spot on there for his ranking. Maybe uh, and maybe Clyde and hold on, maybe and Clyde and James won that one of the title. Yes. Maybe Clyde and James Robinson are studs and maybe, but you know who definitely were Derrick Henry, Stephon Diggs, and Josh Allen. <laughs> hey, you never know. Uh, Clyde Edwards, who cares? And Jordan Love might be might be studs. Maybe number eight, no number nine, the underdogs with the lowest ranking of ten, highest ranking of eight. Uh, two people hitting it spot on at nine with Q and Dots. So he's down nice. here at the bottom where he likes to live around the 104. That's, that's kind of his spot. But Tyree has shown that sometimes he'll just win game after game after game and sneak into the playoffs as like a three seed. That's what Tyree does. Yeah, his, team's actually, his team's not as bad as I – once I started like looking at all the teams, I realized Tyree's team's actually better off than – what I originally thought he might have been. He just doesn't have very much depth, and his, some of his bench players are pretty old. So uh, Marvin Jones might be a sneaky, decent player for him. That's actually, there are two I actually thought it was tough because once you get past the expansion teams who are clearly just worse, then I think everyone has a chance. Nah, I think we got to Yeah, I, I think there's like a top tier, there's a middle tier of a bunch of teams, and then there's the expansion teams. Uh, number – Eight here, we have the Sacramento Orbusters. Uh, so Q's taking over that team and right now up two spots from where Aaron left that team at the end of the season. Yeah, that team's tough. Aaron kind of just ignored it for two years, so he's got a lot of work still. A lot of work, but I think there are trades to be made. Uh, I don't know that there's a direction right now with the team, which is probably the biggest issue. Like, sort of acting like they're trying to win by trading way 105. Trading down from 103 originally before trading away that 105, but also make, not making moves to win now while also not making moves to win in the future. I don't know. I'm confused to say the least. I'm I don't know exactly what the motive is and what, what direction he's trying to take the team. I mean, that's he part of his up, tactics. He has some upside players you. on his bench. I mean, if Damian Harris kind of continues what he did at the end of last season, which a lot of people don't think he will, but I, I think he still has potential. Um, and Michael could be, a, could be really good. Yeah, and but the thing I think with Q right now is is it's hard for him to trade for any Browns players or you know he's, he's if he if a if a rookie laughs on lands on the Browns uh, I don't know if he's gonna be able to draft them because his top two running backs right now are Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt which isn't a bad thing they're both good running backs on week to week but um, I guess not, probably not the ideal one and two running back for number seven uh, I hate OBJ so just a fringe playoff team. Highest ranking was six by John, and everybody else ranked him seven. To me, there's a clear tier of two right here uh, between this team and who I assume will be the next team. 
yeah, the next team was the Allentown Audi Boys, uh, who have. Can I quickly what? acknowledge that John just keeps muting his mic to house some grilled cheese, and when he has something to say, he like hurry up to the swallows real quick and unmutes to say something. And then goes John, right back to John, me. John does plenty of Zoom meetings, and that's exactly how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear me chew. Uh, I'm actually surprised Allentown is this low. Uh, I thought they were clear like four or five. I mean, I know it's not that far off, but I think there's a team that's clearly worse than them, but we'll get to them here in a little bit. So this team, a, it's a depth issue with them. Yeah, they're running back three is Daryl Henderson uh, or Darnell Anderson, whichever you prefer. And the uh, they have really strong starters, Devontae Adams. Uh, I think they have Joe Mixon, Ezekiel Elliott, Travis Kelsey. But the depth is what's uh, what's killing them right now. They just I'm a big hashtag up. depth matters guy. Very true, which is why I don't understand uh, your number two ranking, but we'll get into that. This team, the Audi boys, just flipped with the daughter of best pros on this most recent ranking because they had a new high rank of number one. Yeah, Dottawa got ranked one by Dots and a low of seven by John Terrio. Christ, uh, one? Are you fucking kidding me? How did you put me at seven? <laughs> How I was just in the seven? title game, and you I got five first-round picks. Zero starting wide receivers. I have five first-round picks. And you're about to spend one of them on And I have four good wide receivers. You're about to pass up on Jamar Chase. You got y'all just hating on my red receivers that are studs. You know, I, you can you can bitch at me for that. Chinchera kid, you sixth. So I did. It's fine. Uh, so rankings here for Dottawa: one, four, five, six, and seven. Kind of all over the place, but for the most part, it's consensus that this is a playoff team, fringe playoff team. But yeah, yeah, three so stud wild, running a wild, backs, a wild card team. You guys just hate on my wide receivers out of the top tier. The problem is running backs. receivers don't stack up with the teams ahead of you, and neither do your running backs. The running backs are loaded. Sure, and then if, – If Montgomery continues what he did at the end of the season. So are Montgomery and Gibson better than Dalvin Cook, Cam Akers, and Miles Sanders? I have Jonathan Taylor. Okay, are those three better than Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders, and uh, Cam Akers? Are they better than uh, Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, and – DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Yes. No. I mean, that's you say a lot of dumb shit, but there's no way you actually. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor's about to be RB one. Even if he has calf number two, and you still got to compare Aaron Jones and DeAndre Swift. There. Yeah. But we'll get to that uh, sooner or later. Number four by consensus, the process trusters, uh, with a three people ranking him five, but he has a high of two by himself and four by John. To me, they're just outside the top tier. They, they're they're top heavy, uh, but not much on the bench to back anything up. And the problem is their top heavy guys just don't stack up with the the, the top three teams in the league, I think, are, are top heavy at running back and wide receiver both and also have enough depth to uh, to survive. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you guys are really gassing me up about my bench. I'm getting a little hiking. <laughs> Uh, anyway, no, he, he might have the best wide receiver room in the league with A.J. Brown, Calvin Ridley, uh, Michael Thomas, and someone else there. Cooper Cup, maybe? Or Hunter yeah, Renfro? I don't one – one of the two. Who knows? You can't tell the difference. <laughs> uh, number three, and this is a high of two. Two people ranking number two. Uh, two people ranking four. One person ranking three. And that's the John Terrio Saw Bears. Uh, who ranked him two? Me and – John, both rank you two. So, uh, I guess right now you are considered a 
fringe bye week team, uh, probably. And well, I don't know. I think you'll end up higher as the number two seed where I rank you, but uh, that's just because you, like we were saying earlier, you have a lot of great running backs and you have depth if the draft pans out your way. I demand to know who ranked me fourth. It's dots, isn't it? I did. Yes. Yep. Wow. Dots and buttons. I honestly think that us three and Big Rig are like the top tier of teams. To me, the top. That's how I looked at it. Three of me, Chincherik, and Rig, and then there's a tier of two, or a tier of four with you. Uh, Except Robin. I was just in the title game and I have five first round picks. I don't understand how. That doesn't indicate that it's going to repeat. It, it does. It doesn't. And you also traded all of that top end talent for the first round. I, I traded away Hopkins was my only starter. I traded. Yep, the top end talent. Big Kansas, what got me there? Next, we have the Iowa Wheat Farmers at number two, with uh, three teams ranking them number three, one number one ranking, and one number two ranking. Uh, Josh said he would rank me number one, but uh, he felt like putting his team ahead of me. So no, I said because uh, you, I said because you don't have a flex running back, that would have done it for me. Yeah, right now my my. But I'll say your team, your team is super loaded, top heavy. Yeah, I, this is like so. The again, the way I ranked it with the top three between, I had you third only because of the the depth, and I think Reg and I can stack up to you at running back and wide out. Uh, we'll see what happens at tight end. I think that could be a difference maker for you. Um, but yeah, and then Dak is low key could be the quarterback one if he stays on the pace he was at the beginning of last season. Right, but He's I think on pace for six sixty five hundred yards last year. Rig, Rig has Josh Allen. I have what should be a good Matt Stafford, but I, I mean, quarterbacks, quarterback. There's not enough variance there to, you know, to, to uh, oh, we, we talked about it a little bit last year. Whenever you have a top guy, like one of the top two or three guys, it matters. But I don't. Dak could or, get there. I don't know if he will. He's also or a guy that gets like twelve rushing touchdowns. You know, a life changing injury. You know, so who knows what he's going to come back like. And yeah, then I'm the, not banking on Dak being a game changer. I, I I think that my wide receivers are where my depth comes from, and I can kind of survive it. That I, I I've never done wide receiver in my flex as a primary. This is the first year I'll be doing that. Usually I try to keep running back depth. This is the first year I'll be trying wide receiver as my depth. Well, which I think is a good thing because there's a chance you're too reliant on a Giants offense that's probably going to be bad, uh, or at least like Lee average, and and not one that you want a ton of fantasy options coming from. That being said, it's their clear. <laughs> I never I never even put that together. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, I got Galladay and Saquon. Well, uh, it, it is still the top two options in the offense, so that's that's a positive. But, yeah, Barkley and Galladay is not a stack I would be, like, striving to get. I would actually guess by the end of the year that Thielen overtakes Galladay in your lineup, and he's closer to a bench guy because Daniel Jones just kind of isn't good enough. Although, again, you could get the Trubisky thing where he's just targeting him like uh, Trubisky did Allen Robinson. Yeah, I rank myself third um, behind Ontario, but the number one team here, Aragona, three teams ranking him number one. Uh, myself, John, and Buttons, and then Q ranks him two, Dots ranks him three. I think that he just has the top-heavy team along with just the best bench in the league. So, And it was the same story last year. He just got – I hate it. The, the I hate shit. working with that. Yeah, he got the shit <laughs> end of the stick uh, on a lot of matchups. And did, did he get a bunch of injuries? I don't even know what happened to Rig last year. He just couldn't catch a break, and his team just kept losing. He couldn't pick the right combination of, of elite talent. <laughs> like it was – some guys were going off for 25 and others were only going off for like 15. Um, yeah, he had a he had a bunch of like bad, not necessarily bad choices, but just unlucky start 
So I swear, like his bench would go off. Like this is the best running back group uh, in the league because they have they have Dalvin uh, and K Makers, who I think is going to explode this year. Best, arguably the best wide receivers in the league because they also have the ridiculous depth. Um, I do think he could up, afford to upgrade a little bit at Keenan Allen, get a better wide receiver there, but still an elite guy. Uh, he's just he's in a ridiculous spot right now. Um, we'll see as long as the if the running backs stay healthy, he should be a clear buy team uh, this season. Yeah. So um, right now we'll put, going through these rankings just one to twelve. Aragona, Iowa, Ontario, Process Trusters, Dottawa, Audi Boys. Those are the top six non-playoff teams. OBJ, Sacramento, Underdogs, Raiders, Rubber Plant, Meat Hooks. Uh, we'll probably revisit this after our rookie draft just to see, you know, this this is all on assumed rookie picks. We'll get it after we have a rookie picks in, and then we'll probably do it once again right before the season to see how things uh, shaped up over the offseason. I'm going to shoot up these rankings after I get Kyle Pitts. Probably going to shoot down after you watch. Do you guys see? Uh, I heard uh, Kyle Pitts just helped an old lady across the road. Turns out he's a good guy too. You want to pick ideal landing spots for these guys? Like, what would be the optimal scenario for the running backs, for the wide receivers, and the tight ends? Running backs, it's going to be the same team, I would guess, for both wide receivers. It would be situation dependent, depending on skill set, and same with Kyle Pitts. Uh, let's throw out guys that have. A high ceiling, but also a low floor. So like fair, it doesn't really matter what Kyle Pitts goes. Yes, I guess. It can matter. We'll, 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 we'll like, throw out Kyle Pitts, but guys like maybe Najee Harris, he'll probably be good wherever he lands. He yeah, has a pretty yeah. high floor. Harris, I think. But he, someone, someone like Etienne. Like Travis Etienne, what's his, what's his best case scenario? I would probably say the Atlanta Falcons, maybe, or. Yeah, yeah maybe the, probably the Falcons. I think you're. I think you're hoping for the Jets because you want him to get the pass game work, uh, to to really maximize his value. And you got to think in Atlanta. I know the Julio stuff came up today. I don't know if you guys saw it, that that they're potentially looking to move him uh, post June one after they can the cap number changes for him for the new league year. Um, but I, I I think you want him to get catches, and he's not getting that if Calvin Ridley's there. Presumably they would move Julio because they would take Pitts at four. Uh, you know, they, they have other options there to to pass the ball to. And I don't think, you know, we've seen running backs get a lot of passing work in Arthur Smith's offense. Uh, I would venture to guess that that the Jets are a better option. You know, get a lot of those swing routes, a lot of those Texas routes, a lot of the screen plays that the that Shanahan – that will come from the Shanahan offense. Yeah, the only thing I'm, I'm thinking there is that not that P. Ryan's a stud or anything, but he was drafted in the fourth round last year, and they might with, – with that uh, – What's his name? Salah. That, that offense, they might incorporate a, a second running back more than they would in Atlanta. I think that's fair, but I think you're relying on explosives for, for ETN anyways. Like, you want the big play. So it might not be about the number of touches, but more about how he gets them. If I were someone that took ETN, I would rather he go somewhere where he gets eight to ten targets a game than somewhere he gets eight to 18 to 20 carries because you want to make sure he's getting the ball in the open field. Well, I was going to say for that reason, Pittsburgh, because – Big Ben's arm can't get it more than 20 yards down the field. So that's true. But like, there are also those wideouts that can work in the intermediates in the short areas so well, like, like Juju and Deontay Johnson. And, uh, you know, he, he's always going to find his tight ends to dump it too. So, uh, I get what you're saying though. That, that makes sense. I just prefer the Jets because there aren't those options outside of Jameson Crowder. But what, what place is going to ruin Travis Etienne? Like, 
there was a situation last year where DeAndre Swift was consensus one running back, went to the Lions, and everyone's like, oh, fuck that. He, he fell all the way to five. What's going to cause ETN to fall from, like, that consensus top two guy in our draft down to, like, five, six, seven? He, he won't go to seven. When he goes but. to Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah. I think that's that's the obvious one. I, they just don't I, I wouldn't even want him if he went to Buffalo. I, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far, but, like, he might not. I feel be- like Buffalo is fine. It's fine. Buffalo is fine because because that means that they're still they, they've drafted a guy the last two three years, so it's it, it's they're looking but for the a guy. The problem with their running game is that running backs. on each, yeah, but if they're willing to spend that high draft capital to try and find their guy, that that gives me like a extra boost of confidence that they want to use him a lot. What if it's at sixty two and not thirty? I don't know. I think I it's a disaster either way. Because <laughs> the problem with the running game isn't the running backs. Yeah, it's it, and well, the the running game isn't a problem. It's it's that they just don't use the running backs. It's a problem for fantasy because Josh Allen's eating up so many yards. But the running game itself is good. It's just never going to be running back reliant. I I I saw a mock like a month ago where ETN went to the Eagles, and I was like, that's a death sentence for both him and Miles oh, Sanders. God. That that's the I mean, one that's a bad pick for a myriad of reasons, which makes it feasible because uh, because of Howie Roseman. But like, that's the nightmare scenario for Sanders and for ETN. Yeah, Carolina. Uh, I, I can't imagine they use it on a running back just because they have calf, but they, they used Mike Davis a lot last year, even whenever calf was somewhat healthy in the middle of the season. Uh, I I can't imagine he goes there. But a Carolina running back, just side note, where do you think a Carolina running back goes in this draft, seeing what Mike Davis did last year? Probably fourth or fifth the round. Ma- even take someone like Trey Sermon. No, I'm saying in our rookie draft. I mean, it's still probably, you know, late second, early third. I'd probably say like a third round pick, even though they're not going to play. They have that upside. Yeah, it's his cap gets hurt again. It'd be like the most. Uh, but, it would be like the most elite handcuff instantly. Yeah. yeah, but you touched on it a little bit ago, John. Trey Sermon, another guy that has a high ceiling and a pretty low floor. Uh, people say he can be a three down back, but his land, he's he's pretty landing spot dependent. Um, I don't know if his skill set's much more than Michael Piran. So if he lands on the Jets, that would probably be a true 50-50 split. I think Trey Sermon's better Best than running back ever. Ryan. I, I think he's better too. I don't think he's a whole lot better. If we're talking about a landing spot, though, it's Atlanta or Pittsburgh, a place where you would get goal line carries. I think I think Pittsburgh's his top spot. I, I think Pittsburgh's probably at the top, but you can't dismiss the fact that Atlanta like refuses to throw to anything other than a tight end when they get in deep and they love to run the ball at the goal line. And again, this is Arthur Smith, who constantly ran at the goal line with Derrick Henry. I also don't hate Denver for Trey Sermon. I don't either. I mean, it's not you're not getting the immediate dividends because he's he's probably the secondary guy, but you know there's a path to him starting in 2022. Yeah. Uh, moving over to wide receivers, who do we got that has a kind of a high feeling, low floor? Maybe a Jalen Waddle, Kadarius Tony. No, I think you, I think we can probably talk about some of the top guys with this because this is like, you know. Uh, I think Waddle's going to be landing spot dependent because it's of the offensive coordinator. I think Devonte Smith will be uh, less so because he's, you know, you know what he is and you're going to get him the ball a lot, but, but all the slot guys and Jalen Waddle, I think fit into this. Yeah. Waddle. Uh, I I'm still not there on Waddle. I know a lot of people are. Some people have him as the wide receiver one in this class, similar to how Ruggs got pegged as the wide receiver one in some places last year and ended up going as a wide receiver one. But Waddle to me is just, I feel like he's a clear hey. three, like top three. 
Yeah, the, the, the argument for him is that whenever he was on the field, he had a large, larger target share than Devontae Smith. Yeah, but I, I mean, that's that's because Mac Jones was throwing to uh, to whoever he wanted because that uh, that he didn't have a larger he didn't have a larger target share. He had more yards on on less targets or on less receptions. Yeah, but that's also because he had like one like ninety six yard play, and it just kind of skews all those numbers. So I think that's a bit of a weird take, but but yeah, he's he's not a top five wide out in this class for me. Uh, but I do think if you if you put him in somewhere with a smart offensive coordinator that is going to properly use him and get him the ball, then he can be really effective in fantasy. I think his best landing spot is I, – I know, I know Rig lights Waddle, and this make him you know, just a little bit, but uh, if he goes to the Chargers, they try to get Jalen Guyton involved in the offense as like that burner deep threat, and he's just not you know, a great wide receiver, but he has that skill set. If Waddle goes there, I can see them using him a lot in that offense. I think, Waddle, I think that's a great spot, and Big Rig would – Come all over his own chest. All right, enough yeah. of that. Uh, but I think, uh, <laughs> I think honestly, Detroit's the best landing spot, just because there's no one else. Like it's yeah. you're throwing the ball to Jalen Waddle, then. Yeah, yeah, but I'd rather be paired up with a young quarterback that we know is good than someone who's in a unknown situation. But you're getting Jared of- Goff in that situation, who heavily targeted that kind of smaller, shifty slot guy in Cooper Cup when he was in LA. Right, and he loves uh, he loves to get the ball to – well, Cooper Cup's not small, first off, but like – Also, Jared Goff's job isn't safe. You have no idea what that situation is going to be like in two years. 100%, but we also don't know what any team's quarterback situation is going to be like in two years. Outside, I think you know Herbert's going to be – Again, outside of the Chargers, so like that's the only spot where it's like finite. And even then, he's still behind Keenan Allen. Like he's not getting the top the – top Yeah, top. but he would, he would be a good compliment to Keenan Allen. He's still getting on what 30, 29, 30, 31? I believe he's 29. But I think for all the guy here, all those Moore. We can bunch in Rondell Moore, Kadarius Tony, Elijah Moore, Jalen Darden, like all of these guys um, into this bucket of teams that use slot receivers a bunch. And that's where you want them to go. I honestly think yeah. that the uh, Patriots is a good spot for a guy like this because they're obviously trying to revamp their offense to like a like having the two tight ends, they have really no one at receiver. So if they have a good slot guy, it's probably going to get peppered with targets. Yeah. Yeah, Ronda, Rondale Moore is somebody that might be a slot guy, but they can play outside if, if they feel like using a 5'7 guy that, like uh, Steve Smith did in his – I mean, it's hard to compare someone to Steve Smith because he was very uh, unique as a, as a small guy that could actually play outside. But Rondale Moore has a high ceiling, low floor. That was a cute rhyme you did. <laughs> Give me more. Elijah Moore has a high ceiling, low floor. Yeah, he did it again. Mm, tell me more. All right, let's move on to the draft because we got seven minutes. But in. hey, where where's the uh, where's the worst place that these these little guys can go? Uh, I mean, somewhere where there's already that guy. Like Philadelphia would suck because like you don't know what's in the offense. You don't ha- like the quarterback isn't good. Uh, Cincinnati's not great because they have Tyler Boyd, who's already in that role. I don't think Cincinnati's feasible, though. You know. All right. So what, what we're gonna do is we're each gonna draft a team: quarterback, three running back, three wide receiver, tight end. This way, we can get a lot of prospect names out there. Uh, that's what 24, 24 players out there. So we said I'm gonna pick first, then dots, then John, and first I'm gonna go. This is yeah, we're using landing spots based on a, a mock draft report from online. 
Number one, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Javante Williams, New York Jets. Ooh. Ooh. Mm, yeah. You love that? Dots, you are up. Oh, you know, I am taking Kyle Pitts and Philly. So then I, the easy, easy pick for me, best player in the draft. I'm taking Jamar Chase third. And then on the swing back, uh, I will pair Jamar Chase with uh, Rashad Bateman, the Colts. Hmm. Where did Jamar Chase go? Cincy. Yep. Chase and Cincy. And then who else you take? Rashad Bateman, Colts? Yes, sir. Okay. So I think that a lot of these these picks are self-explanatory. Um, but Javante Williams, the first running back off the board to the Jets, uh, over someone like Najee Harris to the Jaguars or ETN to the Bills, what do you guys think about Javante Williams as the first running back off the board? I think that's a clear 101 if that's if this is the case. Yeah, and I, he's my second running back in this class. I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, I think he actually deserves to be closer to that tier of Harris and ETN than the next tier. Like, I, it used to be a lot of conversation about the Harris ETN tier. I think it's more of a three-guy top tier. All right, Doc, and with your second pick. Second pick, I think you have to take uh, Najee Harris and uh, Jacksonville. If they're if they're drafting, spending draft capital in the first round on a guy like Harris, I think James Robinson's basically dead. And we saw what James Robinson could do in that offense last year. I think that's probably right, and I think there's credence to Harris going even earlier. Jesse, you are up at six. Uh, so I want to solidify two running backs here. I am going to take Travis Etienne to the Bills. I think that, like I said earlier, if they're, if they're picking him in the first round, they have a boat of confidence in him. And then on the swing back, um, I'm going to take Terrace Marshall, Detroit Lions. I think that's a home run pick just because he's going to slot in as their automatic wide receiver one in that offense. All right, Dusty, we're up again. I think um... – I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Michael Carter to the Steelers because he's going to get that work there. It's been I mean, more of a volume play, but he's he, – I think uh, anyone that goes to the Steelers is probably going to just get a lot of volume, and Michael Carter is pretty good. That makes my life more difficult. Uh, I will go with uh, – I'll go with Kenneth Gainwell to the Falcons. Don't necessarily believe in the talent, but if you're taking a running back in the, the fourth, I would have to think you're giving him a chance, and I, I need running backs here. Well, and he's a really good pass-catching running back. And so for the same reasons you said before, he's going to get a lot of work there. Um, So with my swing back pick, then I am going to take. uh, Oh, this is tough. I'll go with Ramondre Stevenson and hope for the best in Denver. Mm. And it was about this point in the podcast when we accidentally stopped recording and lost uh, the rest of the draft. So I'm going to bring in Sarah McLaughlin to bring us home. So I'll go through the rosters here that we ended up with. Uh, Josh finished with Justin Fields, San Francisco, Najee Harris, Jacksonville, Michael Carter, Pittsburgh, Kylan Hill, Tampa Bay, Jalen Waddle, Miami, Rondale Moore, New England, Tylen Wallace, Buffalo, Kyle Pitts, Philadelphia, John Enderwith, Trey Lance, Atlanta, Kenny Gainwell, Atlanta, Ramondre Stevenson, Denver, Puka Williams, Chargers, 
Jamar Chase, Cincy, Rashad Bateman, Indy, Elijah Moore, Packers, Brevin Jordan, Jacksonville. And my final roster was Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville, Javante Williams, New York Jets, Travis Etienne, Bills, Khalil Herbert, San Francisco, Terrace Marshall, Detroit, Devonta Smith, Arizona, Kadarius Tony, Philly, and Tommy Tremble, Kansas City. Some of the, uh, I guess we had some notable picks that never, didn't make the list, and oh man, yeah, it was just real depressing, because we found out we weren't recording, we are like, well, fuck it, oh well. So then we actually tried to record it again, and I don't know where that ended up, so that might be lost too, I don't know where it's at, oh well. But just some uh, key players that didn't get make any of our rosters, uh, Amari Rogers. Tennessee Titans, they bring him in the second round. He He's just an automatic replacement for Corey Davis in that offense, probably a day one starter. Amon Ross, St. Brown, I don't know how he works with Kenny Galladay in New, with the New York Giants. We had Pat Fryermuth land in Atlanta in the second round. Uh, it could be a decent option if Julio ends up getting traded like the rumors came out the other day. Uh, might be a second or third option in that offense. Chuba Hubbard with the Eagles was pointed out. Uh, Javion Hawkins pass catching back to the Red. Ooh, buddy. To the Washington football team was pointed out. Uh, Trey Sermon to the Panthers. Possibly a handcuff there. And, you know, Mac Jones to the to Denver. Zach Wilson to the Jets. That's it. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll put up the, I guess, the entire draft landing spots online you guys can check it out we'll put up the rosters that we drafted online or whatever tell us who who had a good draft who sucked and uh let's get into where we picked up recording so because we had that series uh whenever we do these three of unfortunate spots, events of, mm-hmm, the unfortunate sure. events that built the long cox over plant and the mississippi meat hooks um now that we have kind of a consensus ranking, we can go to the next team up the board and talk about the Rectum Raiders and how can we fix them. So right now their team is starters, Jordan Love, James Robinson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, LaVisca Chenault, Jalen Rager, Irv Smith, Raheem Mostert, and bench players. Start good. by undoing all the moves they made after the season last year. Yeah, start by, by selling the team, I guess. <laughs> And then figure it out from there. I mean, this the, I think the James Robinson trade is going to be one of the worst in league history when all said and done. But there is still a I world know. where he just maintains that job and is really good. There, like definitely Chris Carson is. there definitely is. And also, he traded Derrick Henry to get him. Wes right now has a third-round pick and three fourth-round picks. So there's not much he's going to be able to do in the draft. He's going to have to make some trades. Uh, with that third-round pick, I assume he's going to draft a quarterback there because he – he can't roll into the team with Jordan Love, and he's got to get someone that's going to be a starter immediately. So maybe a maybe just I doubt Justin Fields is going to be there. Maybe Zach Wilson will be there at three hundred three. It's he always, could take a Trey Lance there probably who has upside at least. It's and always, a rushing yeah, but floor. If you're taking Trey Lance, you're getting the same thing you're getting at Jordan Love. Always a bull strategy to pivot to a rebuild when you have no first or second round picks. And you can always get by with streaming quarterbacks. It's not like that's the yeah, end of the quarterback world. Quarterback shouldn't, shouldn't be a consideration here. They should be taking a shot to, to try and find the next Antonio Gibson. Even their wide receivers aren't. I mean, LaVisca Chenault, Jalen Rager, and the next one is Darnell Mooney and 
They have all of the last year's wide receiver class. AJ Hamler, <laughs> Russell Gage. He has like a bunch of number twos. Mike Williams. This number three. This team yeah. had Stephon Diggs, had Josh Allen, had Derrick Henry, had Adam Thielen, and instead chose Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And James Robinson. He's still a thing. The point stands. Yeah, so, I mean, what... Until the, what until the Jaguars take Najee Harris, and that's dead. What yeah. steps are you guys even, like, trying to take to rebuild this team? I, I think trading Clyde Edwards-Alaire and trading James Robinson to acquire more... Starters, I guess, is, is I think you I think you have to hang you basically what happened is he paid the price for Clyde Edwards Alaire that you would have paid last offseason, you know, right after he was picked. And, and so it wasn't even a buy low with him performing poorly. So now you kind of have to wait. Hope he plays well this year. I would sell James Robinson immediately, like get him out as soon as you can. Uh try and get more picks, try and get more uh other young running backs that are in more solid situations. Um, try and get something of value and then suck this year. Like trade, <laughs> trade Raheem Mostert to a contender just to get some yeah. value off of him. I think you can get a second for Mostert, which I would jump all over. Yeah, it's just tough here because he, the running backs are fine. Uh, he, 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 can, he can live with the running backs if they all did what they did last year. And But the wide receivers with Chanel, maybe him and Lawrence do something. I don't know. Jalen Rager, yeah, who knows? I it's difficult to do whenever you don't have much, many tradable assets and no picks. I honestly, if I could redo the rankings today, this team would be behind the two expansion franchises for me. No, oh, that's no, a bit not. much. Well, here's the thing though: if those two franchises are going to add Najee Harris and Javante Williams. I mean, the wide receivers here is still better than what Longcox has. You know, not Longcox might have better running backs after the draft, but are they better than those wideouts? It's Lavisca Chanel and Jalen Rager. Is Curtis Samuel and Quintez Cephas. Pretty even. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, none of those four are starting. Like, Curtis Samuel is probably the best of those four. Sheetram also has four second-round picks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he has 102. He has four second-round picks. It's 202 and 203, I believe. That's, that's Those are both probably wide outs, especially if 102 is a running back. Sheetram legitimately has a chance to – start contending within the next year or so if he can just hit on a couple of those second rounders. Right. And you'll have two solid running backs. I mean, like if we when we redo these consensus rankings after the mock, I would I would probably put West below them. Hey, thinking about uh how Sheetram has a bunch of second round picks, thinking back to our mock draft that we did or where we drafted teams, how many running backs are worth a shit that we drafted? We drafted nine. Three. Three? I'm thinking like maybe like six. I mean, worth like immediate dividends, though. No, not not immediate. Just like they're worth like playing if you need a if you need them to fill in. Worth playing right away, probably four. There's not Harris right and Jacksonville. Not, not, not right away. Just Williams next season, Jets, you're able to throw them into your flex. Etn, Michael Carter. It's the top five. Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah, it's the top and five. And Trey, Trey Sermon has the possible future value if they do something with Cav. But what I'm getting at is that Sheetram has the ability to draft a. A running back that is an asset at two hundred one, and I'm maybe two hundred three. I'm saying he has the possibility to draft one of the two best running backs in the class, and then at whatever it is, two hundred one, two hundred three, could get Terrace Marshall, could get Elijah Moore, could get Rondale Moore, could get Diami Brown, could get Rashad Bateman. Like there's 
there's a bunch there at wideout in the next round. And he doesn't need the running back help as much. If he gets the top level running back to pair with JK Dobbins, like I think wasting additional seconds on a running back would kind of be a mistake. Yeah, he could just load up on receivers in the second round and hope two or three of them hit. Yeah, and I think that's even if two of them hit, he'd be in a decent spot. What do you guys think about this for Wes in terms of his the rebuild that we're talking about? Once the draft starts, your future picks open up. So I mean, he can trade one WT once the draft starts to try and move up into a, into the draft and acquire somebody. I don't know if that's worth it, or keep it and have a top four pick next year. Oh uh, yeah, I guess he's going to be picking pretty early next year if this team is what we think it's going to be. I, I I think right now West blew it up, and I think the only way he can fix it is to attempt to blow it up even more. I mean, hey, he got his, he got his nice shiny new artichoke he can play with, and he just needs to go back to playing the long game. He needs a co-owner is what he needs. <laughs> it seemed like that was <laughs> keeping the team intact. <laughs> Someone like Hugh would be great to add to his team. Yeah. Could have been real helpful when he was dumping off his entire roster. <laughs> well, he, he did say Q prevented me from making so many trades and not looking back on it. Probably uh, for the better. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think I said this. might not have been as bad as we anticipated. I think I said this before on the pod, but the day he just traded away um, Allen and Diggs for Clyde Bertolaire, he was just such on bigger kind of on such tilt. That yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. He was completely tilted. Rig should have accepted that traded way sooner, but good for him for smelling blood in the water and, and knowing he could grab him. That is crazy you guys did or got offered that you regret. No, no regrets um, of my team. I don't re- regret trading for DK as much as I think I probably yeah, – you know what? I don't regret that because there's no other way I'm getting that, that level of wide receiver for that little. I regret trading Robert Woods, but I had to. As I, I think that I should have taken dots up on trading 108 for uh, Kareem Hunt back whenever I could have. Well, I also that trade turned into Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon for 112. I think I gave dots and 111. Uh, 111. Thank you. And uh, then I flipped Hunt in the deal to get 105, and then flipped Gordon with 105 to get DK Metcalf. 111 and Robert Woods for DK Metcalf was what that turned into. I mean, I love all the moves I made this offseason. We know you do. Shouldn't. Shouldn't. (laughs) My first round picks, man. That's pretty valuable. I love it. Your first round picks are the least valuable because they bust. (laughs) You should trade them to Podelsky with the caveat that he must send them back as soon as he makes the selections. (laughs) I nailed it last year. Jerry Judy's going to go off this year. Wide receiver three overall. Oh my God! You well, just, if you look at it, aside from you just talk uh, for the sake of talking, sometimes Jonathan Taylor's going to be the RB one. Aside from Josh last year, most teams that I think maybe every team that has made the Dynasty Bowl has gotten there by trading away their early picks for known assets. Yep, you're you're also depending on Carson Wentz not checking into a deep shot on every play. Which good luck with that. Sorry, he's going to run for two thousand yards. Are we done podcasting? <laughs> we just got to stop I'm, talking. Let's wrap it. All right. I think that'll do it for us. Uh, for the longer version of Choke on My Artichoke. I love Kyle Pitts. Bye.